Welcome to Engineering Experience, where engineering thought leaders share insight on how to deliver results, manage outsourcing, find the right engineering partners, maximize experience, generate engineering documents, and come out with smarter and improved products through innovation and invention. Hello and welcome to Engineering Experience, a podcast by Paragon Innovations. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me. Smart home technology is perhaps one of the most widely known applications of IoT and here to discuss why the timing is right for engineers to take advantage of the current smart home ecosystem and the upcoming Works With Virtual Smart Home Conference is Keith Nesesta. He is a regional sales manager for South Central at Silicon Labs. Keith, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we're also joined by Mike Wilkinson, founder and CEO of Paragon Innovations. Mike, great to talk to you today. Great to talk to you too. Excellent. Well, guys, uh, I'm excited about this upcoming conference and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about what it is. So Keith, just to start off, tell us about the Works With uh, Virtual Smart Home Conference and what the goals of it are. Yeah, I'm excited about it as well. We actually started the process of thinking about conference in terms of the smart home, if, if you look at it today, is really in its infancy. And what you have developing is you have a, a large number of ecosystems that are starting to get deployed into some really high volumes. And so what we wanted to do is create an event. And it's an event that hasn't really been done yet, to, to our knowledge, is to really have something that focuses in on the smart home itself. And, you know, with all of the advances that the smart home potentially has, there's a lot of potential in, in innovation that can occur, occur around it. So what we wanted to do is pull together some of the key stakeholders and get them. Initially, we were going to do it all live, of course, um, before the pandemic happened. But uh, we decided to go ahead and, and host, hold the event, at least virtually, get the key stakeholders like Amazon, Google, Samsung, uh, Apple is a part of this, uh, Comcast, big players that are developing solutions today where developers, engineers can get together, innovate, design, collaborate, uh, learn how to build and connect to these different ecosystems that are out there. And so what you have is you have a conference that is very much focused on the engineering community. Uh, it's really positioned around the idea of having hands-on events. We'll have panel discussions. We'll have technical sessions that go into a number of different um, technologies like door locks, uh, smart switches, how do you build those different technologies, those different end devices? There's over 15 hours of material, and the event is actually going to be held on September 9th and 10th. So it's a two-day virtual event, um, 15 hours of material, over 40 sessions, and 12 workshops that are going to be running throughout the event. You know, it's it's not just for the smart home. You know, people are developing around the smart home. A lot of these technologies overlap into other vertical markets as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're starting to see registrants from other areas outside of the smart home that just want to learn about other technologies like security and things like that. So we're really excited about the event. We're spending uh, a lot of time preparing for the event. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to having probably close to, you know, right now we're, we're looking at a target of over 4,000 registrants for the event. Well, that's uh, that's that's incredible, and um, and you can tell from your from your explanation there just that it's going to be uh, an event that has so much information and, and can be so beneficial for engineers. Uh, Mike, tell me what you're excited about uh, about the conference, and and uh, what's going to be valuable from your perspective. Several things. One is um, it's a place for us to share things that we've learned as well as learn from others. Um, 
in the smart home space. Um, obviously, you know, put my sales hat on. It's a sales opportunity. But um, I'm hoping that my my team, my staff, will get to learn even more about opportunities and technologies that we can put to, put to use in smart home, um, primarily wireless wireless stuff that we're already doing, but do more of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Keith, you know, th- th- this just kind of came to mind that, you know, this was, uh, like you mentioned, this was originally intended to be a live event, but is now moving virtually. But but I- explain the importance of gathering these groups of people together in um, I- in an event type atmosphere so that knowledge can be shared and-, and things like that. Why is this an important thing to happen for the industry? Well, if you look today, you have a wide variety of technologies that are out there, not only from a protocol perspective. So, uh, you have Wi-Fi, you have Bluetooth, which are ubiquitous in the in the industry today, and and a lot of developers know how to develop around those technologies. Uh, but you also have all the 15.4 standards. Um, you have Z-Wave, which is a sub gigahertz mesh standard. You have Zigbee. You have the Open Thread, and 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 even some proprietary solutions that are out there that a few customers have. So there's a lot of different technologies and. The, the real goal of this at the end of the day is for these engineers to start to gain a, a lot more knowledge of how to connect into these different systems, what is the advantages of those different systems, and kind of walk away with new ideas of ways to help innovate and bring more technology to the end customer um, that adds value to the end customer, whether it's in their smart home um, or whether it's in the health uh, and services industry, all of these things tie together. And so it's it's an important conference for these engineers to be able to to gain some of that insight to kind of see where, where things are headed um, because there is some real exciting news that, you know, hopefully we'll touch on as well in a little bit as far as new ways to interoperate between the different ecosystems that are out there. And so that's ultimately what we're trying to do is just educate the engineering teams and pools of people that are out there that are designing and wanting to innovate and take advantage of the fact that Google, um, Amazon, they're all creating ecosystems around their voice activated devices. And uh, let's take take advantage of it and see if we can add some value to the consumer. No, yeah, you're absolutely right uh, about that. And I, I wonder, Keith and, and Mike, I also want to get your opinion on this as well. What, what are the complexities and challenges of, of the current smart home ecosystem that engineers are currently facing? I feel like you, you alluded to it a little bit there, but um, just in a um, in a broad sense, what, what are those uh, complexities and challenges that they're facing these days? The first complexity is there's too many options. Hmm. It's um, even if you just take a consumer, forget the technologies. You go to the store and you want to have a smart home and you go to Home Depot, you know, there's so many different options for light bulbs and switches and, and the questions about interoperability and then interoperability with Alexa and Siri and things like that. And so it's complicated already just at the retail level. And if you step back and look at the technologies and means in which uh, all these devices can communicate with each other, it's there's a, a number of different wireless protocols and wireless uh, methods and that's um, that's the first thing is which one is going to shake out or which ones are going to shake out as the, the the ultimate one. I think someday we'll end up where there's you know two or three systems and that's it. But right now there's you know dozens of ways to implement smart home technologies. I completely agree with that. I mean, if you look at you look at what Google is doing, Google is different than what Amazon is doing from a protocol perspective. Um, if I take a device and I have an an opportunity connected up to 
my my Amazon Echo Plus, you know, that same device does not necessarily easily get connected to uh, the Google Home. You know, if, if I want to try to standardize on one application to control my entire home, but I have different technologies in it, um, it's a definite problem. I mean, take a look at my house, for example. You know, I, I look at what I have. I have a Samsung SmartThings Hub uh, or Gateway. Um, I have a Ring alarm system. I have a MyQ for my garage door system. And then I have Alexa, of course. I have the, the Echo Plus. All of these have the opportunity of connecting up to a smart device. Each of them are really ultimately their own ecosystem. And from an engineering perspective, which one do I go for? You know, which one is going to win in the day? At, you know, which one is going to have the biggest adoption rate if I'm going to design a device? And so I agree wholeheartedly with what Mike just said, that it's it's really about which one do you choose, which is part of the reason why we put wanted to put this conference together. The other thing that I would bring up is after you decide which ecosystem do you want to bring is what, how do I get my device to be certified that it's going to work within that ecosystem? That to me is another big gap um, today that exists in a lot of the consumer, um, a lot of the developers that are out there is if I go and, and create a device and I want it to, to uh, connect to a cam Comcast box, for example, what do I need to do additionally to make sure that I have interoperability uh, with that particular network that, that is being created? So that to me is another area of concern. And then the final one that I have um, that, that I think is being addressed in some ways by the fact that you have multi-protocols running on a, a particular end node. Uh, for example, I could have a Zigbee a light bulb um, but it can also have Bluetooth technology integrated into it where I can commission something very easily to go onto a network because that's the biggest hurdle for an adoption is you, you need to get to a point where you don't have to be a double E, you don't have to be an electrician to go add smart devices to your home. And so being able to get those devices into a network easily with uh, very little experience required is going to be really important. So Keith, you've mentioned interoperability uh, a couple of times. And so I, I want to talk about that. How can interoperability uh, be increased and how will that benefit everyone in the smart home IoT space? Well, it's being addressed. Part of the problem today is, in my case, you know, I waited for a long time. I'm, I'm a double E, but I waited a long time to to decide which ecosystem to, to move forward with. And, and obviously I didn't do a very good job of it because I have a lot um, in my home. So I'm kind of kind of betting on which one is gonna win, but there is some activity happening. Uh, the Zigbee Alliance, for example, has basically pulled together um, Apple, Google, Amazon to create what they're calling a project connected home over IP. Um, that is a uh, project that is going to ultimately allow for more interoperability um, in the application space layer. So it takes, it abstracts out what's happening at the physical layer of the network, but allows for ease of connectivity between the ecosystems uh, for Wi-Fi and, and then Bluetooth for commissioning and then a, a 15.4 mesh network. Um, so there are things that are happening in the IoT space where you will see that there's going to be some, some advances that happen because of these initiatives. Every one of these companies that are out there, they are really interested in seeing the adoption rate of end devices. And they realize you can't get to that full potential until you have some interoperability. And what I mean by that is 
I would like as, a, as an end user to have a single app that I can use that I like that can control everything in my home. Um, right now, if I go get a new device, I might connect it up through my Amazon Echo Plus. Um, I might connect it up to my smart things. Those are different apps. It requires, you know, which one did I connect it to? There's different features of those apps, which might be a benefit. So it's going to be really important that you have interoperability moving forward. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, so Keith, wait, with people spending more time than ever at home, is there a sense that end users have maybe more of an appetite for smart home technology right now? I, I know for, for me at my house, uh, I look around and I see projects all over the place, right, that I, that I need to do just because I'm home more. So with people spending more time at home, do you think that there is this appetite amongst the public to maybe invest more in the technology that they have in their homes to make their lives, you know, more convenient and more cohesive and, and you know, have that ability to, to control things utilizing smart home devices? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm in similar boat as you. I, I had a to-do list prior to the pandemic happening. And then as I've been working from home and spending more time at home, uh, you know, those, that to-do list uh, starts to kind of eat at you a little bit and you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take care of some of these things. And I've added smart devices to my home um, just because of that. Um, so I am a, a pretty good example of the fact that you know there's there's definitely uh, this desire to uh, when when you're looking at it every day to go ahead and address the situation. I think it's more than just ease of use or or making my life simpler or easier. Um, for example, you know I can sit at my desk and and tell my Amazon product to turn on my lights in the room. I can tell them to turn on the lights at a certain power level and. Uh, you know, there's there's some additional benefits to that. One of the benefits is is the fact that you know I can I can achieve some power savings. Um, I have mm-hmm. I have uh, four daughters at home, all of which they leave their lights on all day long every day. Um, if there's a way that I could uh, automate that a little bit more, then I'm going to get some power savings. And with everybody home, that's that's definitely uh, you're probably seeing a little bit of a spike in in your uh, utility bills just because you're home more. And you're not turning down your AC as much. And so right. achieving additional savings is, is going to be a huge benefit as well. Mike, is that something that you've you've noticed as well uh, when it comes to um, maybe just what people are interested in talking about uh, these days when it comes to uh, smart home technology? Just that with people spending more time at home, there's a, there's a lot of interest in it. Sure. I mean, I did the same thing. I went uh, during COVID, I went and bought a bunch of light bulbs and other things to further automate my house. I, I, I got to start with, um, you know, my house I built 20 years ago and I ran over three miles of wire in my house before what was being constructed, all of which was to have home automation long before it was cool. But most of that is not used today because we're going all wireless. So I have, um, you know, everything from security cameras to light switches, everything else that were all uh, wired and thermostats that were wired to be uh, programmable now or all wireless. So, um, but I've been trying to retrofit all that over time. And here more recently during COVID, I've definitely been spending money at the local Home Depot and Amazon to um, replace some of my older technology with new stuff. And it's, it's hard to make a decision and I'm in the know. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. As as you guys have discussed, the 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 number of ecosystems that are out there is uh, is is wide, and it's hard to uh, hard for consumers to make decisions on on things like that, as Keith mentioned earlier. So back in the day, we had VHS and Beta, and you had to make a decision which one was going to be the winner. 
And today it's not two, it's 20. Right. And, and there's there's so much information out there that uh, that you can find good arguments for for every ecosystem. Right. You know, you could you could try to go online and do as much research as possible, but it's it's still going to be difficult to end up, you know, landing on a decision and, and figuring out what's what's right for you as a consumer. And uh, so I think that that's that's probably a challenge for consumers as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, for both of you guys, what, what opportunities do you see in the smart home sector that makes you excited for what the future holds? You know, are, are there innovations that you see coming? Are there um, are, are there ways that you see things adapting and, and maybe further interoperability between ecosystems and things like that that, that excite you for the future? Uh, Keith, why don't you lead us off with, uh, with your answer for this one? Absolutely. I mean, you take technology, like what we have today with the voice-assisted devices that are, or that are out there. And when I first started down the path of starting to automate my home, my, my wife was against it. She's not a technology person. She's a physical therapist by trade. Uh, a computer is about all she wanted to try to tackle. And I said, well, let me just get a few devices up and running. And I did. And and then all of a sudden they were connected through voice. And, and now she's ready for me to do the entire house. I mean, it's it, you get to the point where you see the value of it. And I think that that's just going to continue to grow as people get used to the idea. Um, I know when I first had uh, Siri on my phone, I, I wasn't necessarily that enthused about it. I, I was more inclined to type in it, but now I use it, you know, to dictate texts and do things like that. So that's definitely going to help proliferate the, the smart home and in this technology throughout. But there's there's huge advantages just beyond the ease of use, as I mentioned earlier. You know, there's, of course, the power save, but then you start looking at home awareness from a point of insurance companies and being able to make sure that your home is automated in such a way that if uh, a toilet starts to leak or if there's a leak underneath the sink, um, it shuts off the water valve to the house automatically without me even having to, to, to be here to do it. That's going to save an insurance. Um, you know, companies out there are looking at ways that they can basically provide that as a service to their customers because then it, it saves on the overall cost for the insurance companies as well. Personal health is another area, whether it's, you know, COVID for sure, you know, a lot of elderly people are staying at home. Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, we can't go and visit them as, you know, like it's hard to go visit your parents. And so mm-hmm. technologies like this are an advantage for those types of consumers where if there were ways to monitor the health of, of people aging in place, then that's all going to be of huge benefit for society as a whole. And it gives a lot of peace of mind, a lot less stress to the sons and the daughters out there that are worried about their parents as they're still living in their homes. It also allows them to live in their homes longer, which is another huge benefit. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about what the future holds from a technology perspective. I think that, you know, we're just on the very edge, the very cusp of what, what we can do. And again, you know, from a works with conference perspective, I think that that's really what I'm I'm hoping comes out of it is that you see more and more ideas, more people like Mike and his company coming up with new ideas and helping their companies, their customers service these companies in new and inventive ways takes use of this technology moving forward. So, yeah, I have similar thoughts on that. Um, So we're excited about the conference particulars. Paragon is an innovation company. We don't invent things. We, we innovate. And I got a podcast on that as well. But uh, the idea that people, we go meet people who've got ideas about what they want to implement. And then we can use these technologies to make that a reality. That's what excites me because we can't think of them all. But um, when people have ideas, you know, our team can go, hey, 
we know how to solve that problem. And I just can't wait. I, I mean, I can envision a day where we were talking like a water leak here. Well, take it a step further. The, the pipe leaks in the, underneath the sink. Your system turns off the water. It calls your plumber. Your plumber comes to the house. The plumber is recognized uh, by the, the ring doorbell, facial recognition. You've authorized that person to come in the house. They come in the house. They fix. The water comes back on. It's all automated. No one touches anything. You've got cameras. You've got all this um, automation. And it can all happen. You don't have to come home from work um, to be there with the plumber at between 12 and 4. I just don't know where it's going to end, but it's, it, I just can't wait. Absolutely. And solving that uh, age-old problem of the four-hour gap when the uh, the person is available to come to your home, uh, that would be uh, that would be a massive innovation and uh, beneficial for so many people. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that in and of itself is probably a reason to have the conference. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. Water leak. I had a water leak yesterday. Had the sprinkler guys come out. They're supposed to be here between 12 and 4. They got here at 3.55, and I had a 4 o'clock teleconference with New Zealand. Yeah, that was fun. Oh man. Oh man. Yes. The, uh, the, I, I think everybody has a story somewhere along the lines of, uh, of that where it's, you know, the cable company, the, uh, the plumber, the, there's a water leak. There's, um, there's this, there's that, that, that needs repair. And you've got the, the four hour window and you're bumping right up against the conference call or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge that the times has presented to us. And, um, and I'm excited to see how technology steps up and, and answers the call for that, uh, that challenge. So talk about home automation. So while the guy's fixing the, the sprinkler system, I'm using Rachio, which is my uh, home automated sprinkler system. I'm having to turn it on and off using that app on my phone while I'm standing outside having a conference call. So, you know, automation. It, it's it's incredible. It, it is incredible to me. Well, uh, Keith, we, we've uh, we've talked about the conference uh, for a while now, but uh, but we've left people hanging as far as can they still register and uh, and give us some details on where people can find more information on the Works With uh, conference. Yeah, it's very simple. Uh, just go to workswith.scilabs.com. Uh, you'll see a registration link and uh, it's absolutely free. This is a, this virtual conference is absolutely free. Um, and it's going to be recorded, but you need to sign up, um, to see the recording. So come sign up. And then, uh, if you, there's going to be a lot of classes, you'll be able to pick and choose the classes that you want to take. And then, uh, there are some that are filling up. So register now. And, uh, and if you miss a class there, like I said, they'll be recorded so you can review them later. But to be able to have that capability, you have to be registered prior to workswith.scilabs.com. Excellent. Workswith.scilabs.com. Make sure you go register today and uh, and make sure you get the, the, the spots that you want because as Keith mentioned, they're filling up and so you want to make sure that you head over there and that you are registered and ready to go for September 9th and 10th with the Works With uh, Virtual Smart Home Conference. Keith Nesesta and Mike Wilkinson, thank you guys so much for joining me here on Engineering Experience, a podcast by Paragon Innovations. Uh, it's been a pleasure learning a little bit more about smart home technology and uh, where things are going in the future and how the conference is going to help uh, push us forward. I will see you virtually uh, at the conference. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Everybody make sure to join Mike and Keith there at the conference. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. We appreciate it very much. Of course, we have a previous episodes of the Paragon Innovations Podcast uh, Engineering Experience. So to hear those, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or visit the Paragon Innovations website. And there you can go back and hear uh, all of the podcasts in the series. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast with Mike Wilkinson. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. 